0: Praise God. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. The presence of the Lord is here. Yeah, Somebody saying, I receive him. I Hallelujah. Receive him. Amen, amen. We got some a lot of guests with us this, this morning. Uh, some of our cabinet members, president's cabinet members, have stayed over for the service. All of you that are members of the president's cabinet, please stand. So I won't overlook anybody. All right, Inter- our international guest. Praise God. Amen. For those of you that do not know what the President's Cabinet is, it's a group of men and women, pastors, businessmen, businesswomen that I call the above and beyond. They're linked with us in our missions outreaches all over the world. So we have this conference uh, once a year, about this time of the year. They come in, and uh, we give them reports of what we're accomplishing around the world. And uh, then we have some wonderful services. And Carolyn did an outstanding job teaching on some end times, praise God. Everybody enjoyed it. And I, I think she ought to spend about three days or more right here in our church. Talking about the end times. Amen. She'll stir you up if you're not already stirred up. I love that first song they did this morning. Or it was the first one I heard when I came in. uh, About all things are possible. Last night after we got back home from the cabinet meeting. uh, I had a lot of work to do that I had to take care of before I leave town tomorrow. And I had this service on my mind. And finally, when I got through with all the things I needed to do, uh, I kept hearing in my spirit, teach faith. Teach faith. Teach faith. There are so many people that are coming into the kingdom of God right now. And many of them are watching Internet, watching live stream all over the world. So many that have never heard the basics of faith the first time. And then there are a lot of people who have heard them, and yet they've walked away from it for whatever reason. The adversity we're experiencing today, or just simply because they think that's not the message of the hour, it is more the message of the hour than it's ever been. It's impossible... Excuse me, i got something on my tongue there. It's impossible to please God without faith. Not only that, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if you want to live a victorious Christian life, then you're going to do it through faith. You're going to do it by faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, this is something that I first learned in 1969. I didn't know anything about faith prior to that. Oh, I'd heard... You know, have faith in God. I'd heard that as a young boy in church. But I don't remember... Of course, I'm, I'm not saying he never did. Because I will admit, I didn't listen a lot as a kid, you know. I was more interested in getting out of there and, and go see the girls. Hallelujah. Or play baseball. Or when I got older, get in my car and just go down the street as fast as I could, you know. I remember the first time when I got my driver's license... <laughs> I told my mom and dad, I'll drive us to church this morning. I said, okay. So they got, dad had bought a 56 Chevrolet brand new. Then he gave it to me when I got my license. And so I said, "Uh, get in my car, please. And they got in the car and the church is just down the road, down at the end of the road, little Baptist church. So I drove them down there and made sure everybody saw I was driving, you know, because I was about this tall, you know, and, and, uh. So, you know, made sure everybody saw that I'm the driver today. And as soon as pastor said, you know, the closing prayer, I got up, ran out to the parking lot, got in the car. And I was going to pull it up to the front of the church for mom and dad to get in and to show off. And mom was notorious for talking to everybody before she left. And I waited and I waited and dad waited. And my sister waited. And they waited. And I thought, well, i got time to ride around the block. So I rode around the block. And when I come back, everybody was gone. (laughs) My mom and dad had to walk home. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next time I took my mom and dad somewhere, it was to a funeral for uh, my mother's aunt in Arkansas. And we're in that procession going to the graveyard, you know, and. And everything was so slow. Oh, man, it was so slow. So I just whipped around everything, passed up the everybody. Passed up the casket. Dad said, where are you going, son? I said, this thing is too slow. He said, it's supposed to be slow, you know. So anyway, I don't know why I had to tell that. I just wanted to hear it again, praise God. has nothing to do with my sermon, but anyway... You know, I just thought you'd like to know something about my past. (laughs) Amen. So getting back to uh, the Lord impressed upon me about this morning service is go back and teach basics of faith. Now, we've been talking about ever since October, or I've been talking about the prophetic word. The Lord gave me regarding 2022. And as you well know. He said, it'll be the year of the open hand of God. And those who will be expecting it, and those who will not be shaken by all the chaos and the disorder that is happening in the world today, they will experience supernatural, unusual, and extraordinary provision. Amen. Now, I've had people say, well, Brother Jerry, I want that, and I need that, but how do I do it? Well, everything is with God is through faith. Right. Through faith. Amen. Every blessing we receive is through faith. That's the reason the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. And then the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Another translation says the just shall have their lives sustained by their faith. So I began to learn this back in 1969 and uh, through the ministry of Kenneth Copeland, first of all. Very first message I ever heard him preach. Uh, He just simply called it the word of faith. And prior to that, I'd heard people talk about you ought to have faith. And I heard people talk about this is what you could do with faith. But I don't remember hearing many sermons about how do I get faith? And then once I get it, how do I use it? How do I release it? Okay. But Brother Copeland began to answer those questions for me. And then I couldn't get enough. I just absolutely couldn't get enough. Anybody ever been that way? Just couldn't get enough? And, uh, of course, this is back in the real to real days. And a lady that was part of Carolyn's prayer group at the church there, a friend of hers, she brought over a grocery bag full of all the messages that Brother Copeland had preached that week that he was there. Now, I only heard him the last night. But she recorded them and said, the Lord told her to bring them to me. He said, if you'll listen to them, they'll change your life. So I began to listen to them. And I listened to them. And I listened to them over and over and over. And, of course, on that reel-to-reel tape player, you could stop him and rewind. And uh, when he'd say, open your Bibles to a certain place, I didn't know where that was, so I had to stop him and go to the index, find what page he was on. Then I'd turn him back on. And, and if I didn't understand something, i rewound and had him repeat it again. And many times it was like this all day. Just having him repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And I'm taking notes. And the Bible said I learned from him because I didn't know this back then. In Romans ten seventeen, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's exactly what was happening to me. I'm listening, listening. Listening, listening, listening. And I noticed that things that looked impossible before didn't look so impossible now. Why? Because faith was coming. Faith was coming. If you're having a hard time believing that God wants to open his hand to you and cause you to experience supernatural, extraordinary, unusual provision, then you need to get back in the word. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You need to get back in the Word. Go study and read again, read and study again, the, the, the stories of supernatural provision. It, they're in the Bible, all over the Bible. And read those stories. Those stories will uh, produce uh, an, an assurance that if God did it for them, He can do it for me. Praise God. Amen. So we want to talk about faith this morning and talk about believing God, trusting God to do what he said he would do. Now, Psalm 145, verse 16, let's look at that. That's the basis upon which we have began the study. Thou openest thine hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Now, I want to read some other translations that we've read in the past, but... Just want to bring you up to, to date. The Passion Translation says, When you open your hands, it is full of blessings. When God opens His hands, it is full of blessing. And verse 19 says, Every godly one receives even more than what they ask for. That's a liberal God. That's the God of more than enough. The God of abundance. And then Psalm 104, verse 28, from the Passion Translation, Each is satisfied from your abundant supply. Notice, abundant supply. God never runs out, never runs short. There's plenty for you. No matter how many people approach Him in a 24-hour period, He's got time for you, and He's still got provision for you. Never runs out. Look at your neighbor and say, He never runs out. And then Psalm eighty-nine thirty-three from the message translation, I will faithfully do all that I solemnly promised. I will faithfully do all that I solemnly promised. So that's our guarantee. That's his guarantee to us. And then Psalm 46, verse 10 from the message translation, take a long loving look at me, your high God, who's above politics. And everything above politics. That's good news today. Politics cannot get it done. The Republicans can't get it done. The Democrats can't get it done. And the man in the White House can't get it done. Jeremiah chapter 29, the message translation. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. You can count on me. That's God speaking, not Joe Biden. Thank you very much. Amen. You won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. You can count on me. And then Psalm 37 verse 19 from the Passion Translation. Even in times of disaster. Now, in the scripture it says they, but I'm, I'm going to make it Personal. Even in times of disaster, I'll watch over you, and you will always have more than enough, no matter what happens. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God for those promises. Amen. You'll have more than enough, no matter what happens. Amen. Now, let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 9. Mark, chapter 9. And take a look at a story and something that happened in the ministry of Jesus and how he responded to it. Beginning in verse 14, and when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway, all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? Let's move on a little bit further and go down to 19. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation. Now I got to back up to verse 18. Don't want to miss that part. Well, let's go back to verse 17. Don't miss that part. (laughs) Should have read, kept reading the whole thing. Okay. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. I know a lot of people have that spirit. (laughs) It's a different spirit, okay. (laughs) I'm laughing at my own jokes now, praise God. (laughs) And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth, gnashes with his teeth, and panteth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And the story goes on, and Jesus delivered the child. And notice it says in verse 23. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe... All things are possible to him that believeth. If you can believe, look at your neighbor and say, if you can believe. You can believe then all things are possible, things are possible to, him to him that believeth. Now look at somebody else and say, I'm a, I'm a believer. Brother Hagin used to have a say quite often during his messages. Tell somebody, I'm a believer, not a doubter. So tell somebody, I'm a believer and not a doubter. Now, the New Living Translation says, anything is possible if a person believes. Notice, anything is possible if a person believes. Well, Brother Jerry, how will God open His hand and cause me to experience supernatural, extraordinary, unusual provision? If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. Anything is possible if a person believes. Amen. And that would have to include you. It includes me. It'd have to include you. So if you can believe, then anything is possible. Even something that seems so impossible as supernatural provision. And notice supernatural, that would involve God. God's in it. God's behind it. God's the one who makes it happen. Amen. Listen to this statement. Faith makes us partakers of God's divine power. Faith makes us partakers of God's divine power. It's what links us to his divine power. Amen. There are certain things and that I can't do myself. And certain things you can't do yourself. We're limited in the natural But when we're linked to his divine power, the limitations decrease and continually decrease until eventually all things are possible. Can you say amen? amen? So faith makes us partakers and links us to God's divine power. Now, the Bible asks this question in Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the person he asked this to is a woman, Sarah, that what he promised her seemed utterly impossible. She's an old woman. Her womb is dead. She cannot conceive. Abraham, her husband, is old in the natural. This is impossible. And in fact, when she heard it, she even laughed at the thought of, Me, an old woman whose womb is dead, have a child at my age? How could this be? And God simply said to her, is anything impossible with the Lord? You need to ask yourself that question quite often. Particularly if you're wondering how God is going to open his hand and cause you to experience supernatural, extraordinary unusual provision. I'm going to keep saying that and keep saying that until you hear it in your sleep. Praise God. Amen. How is God going to be able to do that for me? Is anything too hard for the Lord? With men, it's impossible. Jesus said, but with God, all things are possible and I'm leaning on him. I'm not leaning on my natural ability. I, I, in the natural, I'm limited as to What I can produce. But with him. And linked to him. All things are possible. Hallelujah. So once again. I'm not leaning on my ability. I'm leaning very heavy on his ability. Praise God. Can you say amen. Amen. So obviously the answer to the question that. He asked Sarah. Is anything too hard for the Lord. The answer to that is no. Amen. Jesus often made this statement. It's recorded. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. In other words, if you can believe it, you can have it. If you have faith for it, you can have it. Amen. I remember uh, when Carolyn and I first started out in this journey of faith. Particularly me. Uh the old car I was driving at the time was absolutely worn out. The engine had blown up. It had been a total wreck when I got it and I rebuilt it and it was a beautiful car. I mean, it was beautiful. You couldn't tell it ever been wrecked, but it already had a hundred thousand miles on it when I got it. And, and now, uh, how many of you remember the movie, the, the, the cross and the switchblade, uh, Pat Boone played David Wilkerson in that. Well, Pat Boone came to Shreveport and, uh, he wanted some volunteers to go out and, and get businessmen to buy tickets so that we could bring all these young people into the theaters to watch that movie. And so I was one of them that did that. I went to all these businesses in Shreveport and, uh, and, and got businessmen to buy these tickets so we could fill up the uh, theater with young people. And it was a a powerful movie, true story. Uh, And uh, so uh, the last person I asked to buy tickets was a man I had worked for when I worked for the Buick dealership doing paint and body work. His name was Mr. Hullett. I went to Mr. Hullett, and, uh, he, I, and before that, I'd only seen him walking around. I'd really never met him before. I, I, he was my—he owned the company. I worked for him, but I'd never met him before, and I'd seen him walking around. But then I thought, well, maybe I'll go talk to him because I used to work for him. Maybe he'll remember me, you know? So I asked for an appointment with him and went in and, uh, I told him what I was doing, told him about the movie and he agreed to purchase a number of tickets. And then he said this, the last time I saw you, Jerry, you were a body man. Now you're a soul man (laughs) because I was talking about winning souls. Okay. And, uh, so he followed me out to my car <clears throat> and he, he, he gave me the money to buy all these tickets so I could get these young people in the movie. And, uh, he, he shook hands with me and said, uh, you know, best of luck to you in, in, in the ministry and so forth. And, uh, and then he just stood there as I started my car and the engine blew up. <laughs> Caught on fire right there in front of him. I was so embarrassed. God has come that we might have the abundant life and my car's on fire. And he just looked and got somebody to come help me put the fire out. And then he went back to his office and I wondered what he thought. You know, well, poor thing. Maybe, maybe some good will come out of this. You know, I don't know what he thought, but I was embarrassed. And then I had to have it towed home. I didn't have the money to have it repaired. I had to have it towed home. So that was the condition of the car that we had when I went in the ministry. Okay. So obviously my lightning fast mind thought we need a car. (laughs) So I I felt like that we're going to have a traveling ministry. I, I didn't feel like I was supposed to be a pastor. I knew I was going to be traveling. So. I started looking for what would be the best vehicle for us to travel in. And we had two, Jerry and Terry were very little. And so we're going to we have the family with us traveling, you know. So I went and got brochures at different dealerships, laid them all out there, looking at all of them. And then I, I come up with this, this Volkswagen bus. I thought, well, number one, it's economical, you know. When you don't have money to repair your car, you look for something economical, okay. So Volkswagen, and it was was a bus, you know. I mean, it was uh, like a camper, you know. It's got plenty of room. If we had some other people going with us, we got room. If we had some equipment, we got room. So I narrowed it down to the Volkswagen bus. I said, Carolyn, put on your best duds. We're going to the Volkswagen dealership. Now, her best duds at that time were cut down maternity dresses because she'd had two babies, one after the other, 13 months apart. And she took those maternity dresses, cut them down, and that was her best clothes. I put on the best I had, and we went to the Volkswagen dealership, and they had one right in the showroom. And the guy come out, the salesman came out, you know, and, you know, went over the whole thing with us. We said, that's the one. He said, come in my office. So we sat down behind his desk and he said, now, this is what it's going to cost. How are you going to pay for it? Well, I'd heard Brother Copeland say, oh, no, man, nothing but love. (laughs) Stay out of debt. I said, we're going to pay cash. Oh, really? Pay cash? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, When do you want to pick it up? Uh... (laughs) I didn't have two two quarters to rub together. <clears throat> and then it got, he, he, the more he talked, the deeper it got. <laughs> Finally, I said, sir, excuse me, forgive me. I really thought, because I had learned, that faith without corresponding actions is void of power. Okay, so I'm I thought I was believing, and now I'm acting, you know. <laughs> I went to the dealership. I'm about to sign the paper. What else can I do? So I really thought, I sat there for a long time, just thought, somebody's going to walk in here and pay for this bus, and then we're going to drive it out of here. And the guy's sitting there looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and I'm looking around. Carolyn's looking around. (laughs) Nobody showed up. I said, sir, forgive me. Uh, I assumed, and I told him I'm a young Christian, I'm just learning. I apologize for taking up your time. Uh, I really thought that God was going to send somebody in here buy this van for me. So I apologize. He stood up and he said, I'm a Christian. I'll join my faith with yours. <laughs> he said, We'll believe together that somehow, someday, you'll wind up with what you need. Praise God. Well, that made me feel better, you know. But. I was learning. Now that could have been devastating. I could have walked off and said, I'm done with this. That don't work. I'm going back. I'm going back to doing what I know to do. I'm going back to doing what I can do. I know how to work on cars. I know how to, I know how to take a total wreck and turn it into a, a something that looks like it's never been wrecked before. That's what I can do. Now that would have been real easy. And that would have been a setup for the devil. That's exactly what he wanted me to do. I thought, hey, Carolyn watched me go through about five different jobs the first six months we were married or so. Uh, I'd worked for the, the Mercury dealership. I worked for the Buick dealership. I worked for the Chevrolet dealership, uh, other dealerships. And then I opened my own business and, and, and had my, uh, my own paint and body shop." I knew how to do that. And it put food on the table. It, it paid a note on a car. It paid the note on the house. I can always go back and do what I know to do. And that would have been exactly what Satan would have wanted me to do. And I wouldn't be standing in front of you today. I certainly wouldn't be teaching faith to you today. So we've all made mistakes when we first start out. I haven't heard yours, but I know you made mistakes, but you don't give up. You learn from it, pick yourself up, brush yourself off and say, I'll never make that mistake again. Amen. So notice here, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, you remember where Jesus asked a person, do you believe I'm able to do this? You remember that? We were in Oklahoma City doing a meeting in a church, and we were staying in the home of some board of directors on our ministry. And and uh, he was uh, uh, it was was in construction. And uh, he was at work, and he said, uh, I have a, uh, one of our bedrooms as my office. You go in there and, and help yourself and, and study and whatever you want to do, pray, and you'll be left alone. And so I'm in there praying about the message I was going to preach that night and I was going to talk about uh, from that verse about do you believe I'm able to do this that's a very simple illustration may even sound too simple for you how many of you remember the old pumps where you pump up a tire okay that just I, I saw it while I'm reading that verse and and Jesus asked the man, "Do you believe I'm able to do this?" <clears throat> and the Lord said to me, <clears throat> excuse me, if you can't say immediately, yes, then you're not ready. Don't 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 try to do something until you can say yes without hesitation. Do you believe I'm able to do this? Well, don't do not do anything. Don't go to the Volkswagen dealership yet. See, if, if I'd have known this before I went to the dealership, I wouldn't have had that problem. Okay? So, I'm sitting there and the Lord said, if you can't say yes immediately, then you're not quite ready. Keep feeding on the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And then, I was, you know, I just I just saw this pump. I saw me as a little boy pumping up the the tire on my bicycle, you know, or pumping up the tire on my motor scooter. And you remember, as you pumped, air came. You could say it this way, air cometh by pumping. Air cometh by pumping. Amen. So the more I pumped, the more air went into the tire. And now the tire is less and less flat. And I finally reached a place where I capped it off. Okay. So that's what the word showed me. He said, if you can't say an immediate yes, do you believe I'm able to do this? If you can't say yes, then keep pumping yourself with the word of God. (laughs) Amen. Just keep pumping it in your heart. And eventually when he asks you again, do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes. Without any reservation, without any hesitation. Fred Price used to call that. He wrote a book about it. Faith and foolishness or faith and presumption. Amen. Now see, I was presuming and I was foolish for going to that dealership when I hadn't got my faith pumped up enough. Are you still with me? Keep feeding on the word. That's what you're doing. Every time you feed on the word, you're pumping a little more into your heart. And the more you pump that word into your heart, the stronger your faith becomes. And you get to the place to where you say, I believe he's able to do anything. Nothing's impossible with my God. Now you're ready. Praise God. Amen. You won't fail. So that's what a lot of people are doing and, and they really don't even know the basics of faith yet. And sometimes we assume they do. And that's the reason the Lord emphasized to me last night. Teach faith. Teach faith. Teach faith. There's so many people that have never even heard the basics. This is basic. I call this as basic as it gets. Okay? But if you don't have those basics, you can't build, it's the foundation. And you build on foundations. So once again, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now in this story, once again, that we read from Mark chapter 9, notice how Jesus referred to these people that tried and couldn't do it. Faithless generation. The Amplified Bible says an unbelieving generation. Now in most cases, the reason they're faithless or unbelieving is Hosea 4.6 lack of knowledge lack of knowledge and then the other reason that a lot of people are faithless and unbelieving is because they reject knowledge it's one thing not to have knowledge it's something else to reject it you know and a lot of people have done that they say well I don't want to hear that faith. In fact, I was looking at a commentary last night about this verse. I thought I'm not reading you anymore. And one of the first things he said was, now I'm not, I'm not promoting the word of faith message. Turn you off. I am promoting the word of faith message. I'm guilty. I be one. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I'm a word of faith preacher, and I'm promoting the word of faith. But he, he, was, he was saying in there, uh, you know, basically, don't get your hopes up, because it doesn't always work. I'm not promoting that faith message. Well, quit writing. We don't want to hear anything you have to say. Quit taking up my time. Amen. I want to hear somebody talk faith. Amen. So, a lack of knowledge, if, you haven't, if you've never heard, then obviously it's going to be difficult for you to believe that God can do these things. And then, secondly, rejected knowledge. It's one thing to hear it and even know that it's true. <clears throat> but then you reject it. You refuse to accept it. So, you could say that the two primary reasons why... A lot of people fit into this category as a faithless or unbelieving generation is because of a lack of knowledge or rejected knowledge. Jesus made this statement in John 17, 17, speaking about the Word of God. Thy Word is truth. Thy Word is truth. I looked up the definition of the word truth probably 50 years ago. And I, I went to every dictionary I could find. And the one that I liked the best simply gave it this definition. Truth. The highest form of reality that exists. The highest form of reality that exists. God's word is truth. The highest form of reality that exists. There are other forms, but God's word's the highest form. You know the media may tell you that everything's getting worse and it's going to get even more worse. But the Bible promises certain things that are contrary to that. So the 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 bottom line is whose report would you believe? Will you believe a form of truth or the highest form of truth? Amen. Well, I'm not denying Coronavirus, It's here. It exists. I'm denying it's right to exist in my body because the truth says by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. The truth says I'm redeemed from it. Hallelujah. So coronavirus is here. It's a fact. It's killing people. It's a fact, but it's not the highest form of reality. The Word of God is the highest form of reality. Amen. And you, get, you, you, you must get to a place where you accept God's Word as final authority and need no other evidence. Amen. Basic faith. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I learned this 52 years ago. More time in the Word will cause you to know the truth. And then you know, as I've already mentioned faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word you can actually get to the place that believing what god says is as natural as breathing hallelujah i don't i don't doubt things i doubted when i first came into this i got god's been faithful i've got too many testimonies <laughs> i've got too much evidence to doubt that God could take care of me in a pandemic. And boy, has he. How I many of you can testify God's taking care of you in all this? Amen. So there, there, you can actually get to the place where believing what God says becomes just as natural as breathing. I don't have to get up in the morning and say, breathe, Jerry, breathe, Jerry. Be sure and breathe. I don't have to get up in the morning and say, believe, Jerry, believe, Jerry, be sure and believe. I believe. I believe. I believe that this is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice in it, praise God. I believe that this is my blessing day. I believe that this is a day of divine favor. Hallelujah. Amen. So it becomes just as natural as breathing. Your attitude becomes... If God said it, then that settles it. Amen. If God said it, that settles it. God's word becomes final authority in your life. Now let's go to Matthew chapter eight. I know most of you are familiar with these things, but I'm just being obedient to the Lord. Teach faith. Matthew eight. And let's begin reading in verse five. And when Jesus was come into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, Having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go and he goeth, to another, Come and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So notice this man recognized authority, he recognized authority in Jesus. Not only that, he had a revelation, you might say, of words that carry authority. Because he himself was a man under authority, a man who had authority, and he spoke words of authority. He said, I tell a man, go, and he goes. I tell a man, come, and he comes. I tell a man, do this, and he does it. And then he said to Jesus, speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. In other words, I don't need any other evidence. You don't even have to come to my house. I don't even have to see anything first. Just speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus turned to those that followed and said, I've not seen this kind of faith, this great faith, not even in Israel. Meaning or implying, I should be seeing this kind of faith in the synagogue. I should be seeing this kind of faith. In God's people. But I'm not seeing it. So what is he saying? The greatest faith. Is having confidence. In God's word. And it's authority alone. Needing no other evidence. Amen. Amen. Now a lot of people don't understand that. They say well how can you. How can you just. Believe that what God says in a book. Is going to happen to you. It's going to come to pass for you. Well, the Bible says, no, wait a minute. Don't tell me what the Bible says. Well, then we don't have any other conversation. That's where the conversation ends. So what I was about to say, the Bible says, (laughs) all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. Men of old, it said God breathed on them and gave them inspiration. To write and to say the things that they said and they wrote. Amen. Not only that, but I just believe that anybody that can just say, Light be, and light was, 16 billion miles of universe came into existence, surely can say, Money come. And money comes. <laughs> sickness go, and sickness goes. Marriage be healed, and marriage is healed. <laughs> Amen. Anybody that knows the number of hair on your head, and for mo- and for those of us who've lost a few, he remembers the original count. <laughs> Amen. I've lost a few in the back there. Anybody that knows the number of hair on your head, you mean to tell me you don't think that he can provide for you supernaturally, extraordinarily, and unusually? We're talking about an unlimited God. We're talking about a supernatural God. Amen. Amen. So you get to the place to where you too can say, Jesus, I need no other evidence. Speak the word only and my need will be met. Amen. Amen. Speak the word only and my need will be met. And then Jesus said this to him, go thy way and as thou hast believed, so be it unto thee. Notice, notice, Jesus attributed this statement to what the man believed. The message translation says, what you believed could happen has happened. What you believe could happen has happened. If you can believe that God can open your hand, and I'm going to add this to it, this year. This year. Amen. <clears throat> if you can believe that God will open his hand to you this year, and cause you to experience supernatural, extraordinary, unusual provision, then I say to you, be it unto thee according to your faith, and what you believed could happen, has happened. Amen. Let's give him a shout in advance. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13:8, Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. What he did then, he's still able to do now. So once again, take the limits off God. Take the limits off God. When you take the limits off God, you take your limits off yourself. Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Notice, God is able. Not only is he able, but go to the next level and dare to believe he's willing to do it. God is able and he can and he will. As thou believe, so be it unto thee. I believe he can. I believe he will. And thank God I have this testimony. He has. How many of you can give that same testimony? Now, the Amplified Bible, as we've talked about before... And I won't go into that a lot, but the Amplified Bible uses this phrase. He's able to do all above all that we dare ask or think. So what I hear God saying is, take the limits off. I dare you. Take the limits off. Think bigger. Ask bigger. Believe bigger. Amen. I dare you. So look at someone and tell them, I dare you to take the limits off God. I dare you to believe that He can and believe that He will open His hand to you this year and cause you to experience supernatural, extraordinary, unusual provision. Amen. And give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, listen to this. Why do people limit God? Once again, lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Who in their right mind would say, God can't do this? I mean, who dares to say something like that? He's God. You don't get to be called God if you can't do the impossible. (laughs) Amen? So, why do people limit God? Simply because of a lack of knowledge or rejected knowledge. And then here's the third one. They allow other people to influence them. They allow other people to influence them. They're listening to other voices. And there are a lot of voices out there. Now, listen to this. Proverbs chapter 4 Verses 10 through 12 from the Passion Translation. Embrace what I say. You will live a long and happy life. Listen to this, the final part of that verse. Your progress will have no limits when you come along with me. I like that. I'm going to read it again. Embrace what I say. You will live a long and happy life. Your progress will have no limits when you come along with me. Progress with no limits. That sounds good, doesn't it? Progress with no limits. And how do we get there? Embrace what he says. Hold it dear to yourself. Get to the place to where in your heart, your mind, it's the most precious thing you own. Amen. I like to say to him quite often, your word has made the difference in my life. Your word has made the difference in my life. And you ask my wife, I cannot get enough of it. Every time she comes in my study, I got my head in this book and I never get tired of it. And the more I read and the more I study, the stronger my faith gets. Hallelujah. So, Embrace what He says. Then you'll live a long and happy life. That sounds like extraordinary, supernatural, unusual provision. Wouldn't that make you happy? <laughs> Your progress will have no limits. Taking the limits off God is also taking the limits off yourself. So stay connected to Him. Stay connected to His Word. Amen. Psalm 9, three. David once said, yeah, well, let me preface it with this. When you stay connected with him, I encourage you also to get in his presence as often as you possibly can. As often as you possibly can. You know, just like that song, uh, I, like as I said at the beginning, I heard it recently and I hadn't heard that song in quite a while. So I said, uh, told Eric, said, be sure to tell Danny... We want to sing that song when we get back to church. That song that we sang about the presence of the Lord is here. Didn't you, didn't you sense while we're singing it, the presence of the Lord was here. We weren't just singing words, but the presence of the Lord was here. Well, if you don't know any other way, download that song. There's lots of Christian music that brings the presence of God. We, we had candy singing at our uh, president's cabinet meeting this weekend. She brought the presence of God in that room. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Joe and I do the same thing. One of the first things we do when we get in a hotel is bring out that iPad or iPod and turn the praise and worship on while while we're unpacking our suitcase. You know, just just fill the atmosphere with praise and worship. Because I don't know who was in that room before I got there. And I don't know what they were doing. And I want to run all them spirits out of there. Amen. And Psalm 9.3 says, Mine enemies shall fall and perish at thy presence. So that's what I'm doing. That's the reason I turn that praise and worship music on. And sometimes... The, the rooms we're in, we might be next door to each other. I hear them playing something. They hear me playing something. But we got praise and worship going. Amen. And mine enemies shall fall and perish at thy presence. Amen. Verse 4 says, from the message translation, Psalm 9, You took over and set everything right when I needed you. You were there taking charge. Amen. That's what God wants to do. When you get in his presence, he will take over. He will take charge and cause your enemies to fall at his presence. Then Psalm 147 verse 5 says from another translation, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. Abundant in power. And then finally Psalm 78 verse 42. You remember the psalmist said, They limited the Holy One of Israel in verse 41. Verse 42 tells us how they did it. They remembered not his hand. They remembered not his hand. What does that mean? They forgot about the power. They forgot forgot about the love. They forgot about the liberality. They forgot how good God is. They forgot his hand. Amen. So... God wants each and every one of us, I fully believe, wants each and every one of us to experience this year. They say this year. year. The open hand of God. And along with that will come supernatural, extraordinary, and unusual provision. Do you believe it? Can you believe that? Will you believe that? Well, if you do, let God know by giving him a great shout. Hallelujah. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 24. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. God is faithful, and he will do it. And then finally, Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall. Bring it to pass. Glory to God. Faith 101. Did you get anything out of this? Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word of faith. And I'm going to take it a step further. Thank you, Lord, for sending Kenneth Copeland to Jerry Saville And thank you, Lord, for telling Kenneth Copeland to tell me about Kenneth Hagin. And thank you, Lord, for, for sending me all Roberts. And thank you, Lord, for sending me T.L. Osborne, my four mentors. I will forever be grateful to God for those men coming into my life and what they taught me in those early days. I'm still living by those principles. I haven't changed in all these years. The Word hasn't changed in all these years. Hallelujah. And it's still working. And what I love even more than anything else, it works in the worst of times. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Smile real big at somebody and tell them, I hope you were listening today.